suppose by now, you and I have been, you know, communicating a fair bit. As it were, it's mostly me talking to you. But between the all of you, yeah, I gotta, I gotta sense who's out there. And you're everyone. And you're all of us. You're all over the world. Your teenager is stuck in a Christian college. Your parents trying to figure out what to tell their 17-year-old about what's the real deal with cannabis. You're in Afghanistan as a contractor. <laughs> You're living just down the street and want to come over for a hockey game. Well, I can't help but tell you that it's a treat to share little wee bits and pieces of my life with you. But the fact of the matter is, what all of you tell me is way more personal than I could ever tell about myself. Hmm. And this is a little, sounds a little weird because, you know, geez, you know, I tell just about everything about myself. And, I mean, once you go inside a voting booth and, and uh, illegal bong tokes and, and confessions from all around, there's not much left uh, aside from convicting myself of felonies. But, you know, I go here, there, and everywhere as best I can. And, and when I first got my hands on a piece of decent recording equipment beyond a cassette player with an onboard mic, which I've had a few of, but they just don't work as well. Pardon me. I guess for the record, I should tell you. Hold on. It's about 1 in the morning. I guess it's the morning of November 1st because it was just Halloween night. And uh, the fam are all in bed. We drank through uh, a few bevies and had some good times. The youngling and watching fireworks and a hockey game and all my favorite things, right? But I've been had this nagging headache and just been a little unsettled. You know, I've had a little bit of upheaval my physical world and sure it affects my mental and emotional bits and pieces as well but uh, it's a beautiful night out here in North Van I just I haven't been able to enjoy them all that much right so I'm out here in the back porch the sky's overcast but not raining most of the trees in my yard although there's like a dozen different varieties are are evergreens, but the uh, deciduous trees, mostly fruit trees, and haven't changed colors. So it's just like this dark, hazy green here at one in the morning, or thereabouts. But, you know, I can't help but admitting that over the last six weeks or so, and this whole year, it's been a big watershed year of emotional upheaval because of all this physical calamity and many of you kind folks out there have expressed concern about my health and and you know encouraging me to slow it down and and I do stay quite busy and I'm uncomfortable not being so my busyness though it's not tedium and physical labor it's the it's the desire to 
create and inspire and educate that keeps me awake and keeps me going and keeps me antsy. It's hard to lay still on a couch and recover for me. Even though there was hours of documentaries I'd meant to watch, it just didn't feel right. I don't know. I don't, I'm certainly not going to be one to blame it on a Protestant work ethic. Whatever that was, was uh, I long uh, sorted out. But mm, it's like a deliberateness to make sure what I, I got in mind gets out there. And probably most of you have poked around. You know, I don't really share a lot of myself sometimes about where to go and how to get that and all that kind of housekeeping stuff because there's a lot more important things. But I do try and share all that kind of miscellaneous stuff the best I can over at different channels. So if you do poke around, you'll find all sorts of different pieces of me. They're important to kind of... Mm, I just don't want to feel like I'm selling you short by not giving enough of myself when you folks are sharing so much of yourself. And I don't even give an email address or a web address, and it's nice that you're finding your way. <laughs> I guess this is kind of irresponsible of me or something, but you're finding the way to track you down. I get the most amazing things in the mail. I tell you, from all over the world, I get these just when you least expect it, right? Because I move around a lot and... And usually not much comes in the physical mail anymore. And anyone who knows me knows I love getting crap in the mail, right? I've been getting all kinds of parcels and packages, ranging from cases of beer to postcards from weed. Uh, but anyhow, I'm here on the back porch, and, and I just had a hunch to uh, tell you a bit of a story. Um, I don't know if... Uh, couple months ago when I was just kind of coming back to from uh, the Mexico incident which preceded the other incident and all that went down to Olympia to visit my good buddy Cosmo who did the uh, the Unabonger who did the opening tokes on a recent John Sinclair Radio Free Amsterdam show and uh, Cosmo's uh, Cosmo's fast forwarded from 1776 where he should have been there in the Constitutional Congress not just because he's a stone gutter, but also just because he's one of those guys who's uh, got a good sense of justice. And he's uh, kind of, uh, you know, I learned that the political spectrum is more like a horseshoe than a straight line. And he arcs right between that, uh, the everything goes, fend for yourself libertarian to we all have to take our turn taking care of all of us mm, enlightened socialism dare to say since socialism has become a, a dangerous word in some circles but anyway I was down visiting him in Oli pardon me during the summer and uh, we recorded clubside breakfast time and I told him I really wanted to mm, get a little bit, uh, there's a few serious topics on my mind that I wanted to really share some info about. And uh, one of those is all the military service evaders seeking refuge here in Canada. And something I've written about and thought about a lot. There's a lot of you out there. I hope some of you are listening. Because an issue I care deeply about 
And I'm not going to get into that one now, but another one I wanted to talk about was drug testing. And this is something a lot of you express concern about. And just with the miscellaneous, and you know, folks, I don't want to sound like Ringo Starr here, right? But like, I'm just a dude with a lot on his list. So if I don't write you back or drop you a note or add you as a friend or whatever right away, it's just because, you know, I'm not on top of shit like that, right? But so so don't worry i'm paying attention and i'm trying to care i really am but just i'm just like a regular dude with you know shit to do but anyway um the military service evader issue is something that's really hmm something i want to dig into really deep and it might require some road tripping and some serious research but drug testing it's something i hear about a lot and I have a little bit of personal experience with this that really led me into doing some serious research about it. So I thought I would tell you a little bit of not so much the serious part of it, right? Because uh, I'm here on the back porch and it's it's dark except for the silhouettes against this uh, smoky, uh, smoky, cloudy sky. You know, I don't know how to explain this, but it seems like in Canada, um, Thanksgiving is like the madcap not 4th of July, but like Halloween's more of a buzz than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a very quiet thing in the States. It's a big to-do, right? Parades and special programming and sort of a to-do in Canada. We get up for it, but Halloween, man, people go all out for Halloween here, man. People are blowing up fireworks and stuff all night. Not so much in the summertime in Canada today and all that. We don't go nuts for Canada. It's more like a time to chill it at a lake or something, but Anyway, what I'm saying is that I'm here on the back porch and I'm not about to start looking at some notes. So I'm going to tell you a story about my personal experience. Is that all right with you? Before I get into it, I'm going to confess that I, a friend left his beautiful grinder here at the house and I'm running no, really low on the stash because I'm not really up to speed and all that. So I'm going to borrow a little hootie hoot out here, but I'm going to chalk it up as an investment in art and storytelling. Bear with me, won't you? one of those big fancy stainless steel grinders you know the ones with the big gnarly machine teeth and the bottom is the fine screen that kind of gathers up the keef there's a little sprinkle of keef on that <clears throat> so i suppose the statue of limitations is up on this so i'll dedicate this one to bongi and cosmo the unibonger and it was back in those salad days of the 1990s when the internet was a brand new invention and i hooked up with a ragtag group of internet dare i say pioneers internet hippies really to be more precise a bunch of uh long-haired ne'er-do-wells who uh had happened upon the internet in 1995 as a commercial venture and they'd been dabbling around with all this but short long story short i hooked up with these fellas and um with them, I, I participated in the growth of uh, uh, an internet service provider that caused like a little revolution down in our area where we lived in Olympia, Washington. And uh, this ISP grew up 
because we had the kick-ass technical capabilities, but also we're helping out all the community groups and all the social organizations and the nonprofits and the, you know, in, in Olympia, folks go to Evergreen College and they stick around to start a record label, a band, or a nonprofit, it seems, and we tried to help all of those out. Because of all this good vibes we sent around, we like to think, the karma came back and the money poured right in, as Mud Honey would say. And uh, we became a pretty successful little company, and we worked hard, no doubt about it. But uh, we got along the best we could and, and, uh, and, and, you know, really enjoyed being able to help out the community. Whatever we'd go, people would be like, oh, man, thanks for doing that. We'd get into show. We didn't make a lot of bread, right? But we got into all the concerts for free. People bought us beers everywhere. It was a really good thing. <clears throat> That's the setup. Sip a beer for the uh, speaker before Act 2, the twist. <clears throat> While we as a company were courted by many uh, dollar-swinging companies, cable providers, people with strange internet wrap-up schemes and aggregating small local ISPs, they would come and they say, holy shit, you're actually making money. You're a good company. Well, you know, we've just been gathering up all the ones that are losing money and helping them out. Or they'd be like, well, we'll buy your company, but you and all your employees are gone. What am I supposed to do? 20-something and, you know, all these employees and nothing to do. Anyway, we found a match, we thought. I wasn't both. We found a match. <laughs> And they were from Northern California. They flew us down. Their address was on Stony Point Road. I kid you not. The local baseball team had Grateful Dead Night. Right away, we met all kinds of kind friends. We were partying down and having a good time on the little wine and dine. Took good care of us old internet hippies. And then, uh, so we did a big deal. And it took weeks of lawyers. Crazy, right? We need you up here by 9 o'clock. It's really important. We're going to be busy all day. You better be up here. So we'd get up at 9. You know, well, that means a 6 o'clock start, you know, where you're up. Going and doing a half a day's work, busting it out in an hour, then rallying in the car, busting up there to big office buildings to sit around and drink their crappy coffee and, uh, and sit around and sit around have a quick 10-minute recess, put caucus on something, and sign some papers. And the negotiations just got ridiculous, right? To the point that, you know, I had tickets to see Gordon Lightfoot. Me and my colleague, finally, after squabbling back and forth where we'd been up there since 9 and negotiations didn't really begin in earnest till 4, finally, about 9 o'clock, we stood up and said, you know what, we're going to Gordon Lightfoot, and we're going now. So you're going to have to sort this out and show up tomorrow morning for us to finish the deal. And we left. And we went and saw Gordon Lightfoot. Because you never know when old Gordon Lightfoot, you know, he's an old dude, right? You never know when it's going to be your last chance. But anyway, back to the important part of the story. For whatever reason, we did the deal. Hurrah, hurrah. Checks were exchanged. And as soon as the ink dried, they began to exert their totalitarian overlord attitude through the regional managers who were very disconnected from the national folks down in California. 
So the months went on and we squabbled back and forth. It got to the point of ridiculousness where, uh, for example, they had instituted a dress code to the office. The internet was founded by a bunch of LSD-eating, pot-smoking folk and the military folk somehow finding a synergy in the technology. Oh my god, I just said synergy. Finding a connection, a relationship through the human circuitry that is the internet. <laughs> right? Didn't put the dress code. What the fuck, man? You know? Look at this. Fucking, we're going to church? We're going to a corporate gig? Oh my god, it was. Right? So I had a gimpy knee because I'm full of aches and fucking pains, right? And, uh, so I had been getting some physical therapy and they had my knee taped up. So I came in in, short, in shorts one day because shorts are comfortable to work in, right? And he was like, regional manager dude comes out, right? This is ridiculous to say because like I've never worked for people and stuff before, right? I'm like my own dude, right? I work with my people and we roll together. And all of a sudden there was like this totalitarian overlord wear your pants dude I don't need any pants man what's up to do my job and he was like you have to go home and put on pants <laughs> and I thought this was just absurd that this conversation was even taking place so I left and I went and I got uh, you know because I keep a good healthy head of hair right you might as well roll it if uh, you're too cheap to pay the 20 every month to uh, get it spruced up so I went down and paid an 80 to get it a giant afro man this thing was like good times right it was enormous and uh, a big old blonde kinky afro and I showed up the next day with a shirt and tie and pants and shoes and, uh, you know, not flip-flops or whatever. And a big pick in my giant afro, rocking the shades. And I showed him what's what, man. I tell him, tell me to wear shorts, man. I'll end up wearing, not to wear shorts, I'll end up wearing some pants for you. Rocking the fro. And they just didn't know what to do. They just thought that was the weirdest damn thing they ever did. I just thought it looked nice. So, that's the company. All of a sudden, we had evil corporate overlords. And we were just like, you know, decent, peace-loving, dope-smoking in the bathroom. Like, all the deals and all the board meetings just happened with the bong on the table, right? I suppose the statute of limitations is up on this, so it's all right. <laughs> Anywho, um, so... As part of my job, you know, like I was like, uh, you know, I had to outreach with the clients and the customers and make them feel loved. And this is the, these are the days when the internet was this exciting new invention. They're all spending money like crazy and every fucking company wanted to have one of these golf tournaments. I'm hip with golf like on the pitch and putt. And if it's chill, it's rolling slow. You don't have to like pay a hundred bucks to play. I'll golf for free and, the, and you know, and all that if it's a good time, right? So you have to go to these golf tournaments, and I had to, like, pick some colleagues and go, and we, so we did this company golf tournament, right? And I went with a couple of clients, and they're, you know, guys from hemp companies and people who were easygoing or whatever, right? So <clears throat> months later, I got a call. I said, Dave, we uh, need to see you down here in the office next week, Monday, 1030. 
Alright. So I show up the next Monday around 11.30 or so. And I realize it's not just the regional manager, but it's the whole cadre of supervisors and managers and whatever, right? I'm from California. And, you know, I'm a grown-up, right? The fuck's this all about? You gotta, like, have all the principal in here all doing all this thing, all this reprimand. Call me. I didn't know what was up. They say, uh... <clears throat> Uh, Dave, there's been accusations that you're smoking marijuana at the company golf tournament. I said, uh, well, I wanted to say, let's be honest, I'm not going to bullshit you here. I wanted to say, well, that's how you make golf interesting, isn't it? But in reality, I said, oh, yeah. And they said, yeah, there's com uh, accusations come forth from the community. And I said, by who? And they said, well, we're, we're not obliged because we're a private company. We're not obliged like in the public. You don't have to know who your accuser is. And, hmm. And they said, well, we'd like to ask you to take a uh, drug test. And, uh, and, and I said, well, you realize that this event we're talking about is like four months ago, right? So a drug test taken today is totally irrelevant on a drug test taken. An accusation made four months ago. Yeah, they'd like you to take this paper and go take the test. So I said, well, I'll take this paper. And uh, I was like, wow, what do I do? Now, my immediate supervisor, I had requested him to come on in with me to the meeting because, I, you know, when I first saw, like, this whole cadre of fascists in there, you know, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't fl throw around the fascist term too easily. Let's be honest, fascists are are uh, people who really believe in, in top-down dictatorship in almost every facet of life and controlling communication. These guys were just looking out for themselves. So uh, that's a total misnomer. These guys just wanted career advancement and to control the people within them in a private corporation. So very different. I'll take a beer for a penalty here. <clears throat> so... Uh, but anyway, I'd invited my, uh, asked that my immediate supervisor be allowed in there because I want to witness and someone on my, on my team too, right? So uh, immediately after we left the meeting, I asked my immediate supervisor to put me on, uh, on like leave for a while, like uh, administrative leave of some kind. We came up with a clever name at the time which slips me, but perhaps it will occur to me in a little while. And then... Uh, Along with consultation from my my dear colleagues there, I uh, um, I called a, a lawyer and, and got a little bit of initial advice about uh, the, some general law stuff. Because, you know, I've been a professional stoner for quite some time, but uh, I hadn't really ever been in this corporate environment before. I'd always worked for Mir and with my, my, pe my own people, right? So, hmm, I didn't really know how to proceed. Um... But then I quickly was referred uh, with the help of uh, Hemp Ed down in PL up to a good lawyer in Tacoma who was involved in the, you know, familiar and, and sympathetic to the cannabis cause. And I'll recuse his name here just so I can talk more frankly about him. And uh, once he knew who I was and let's face it, I do my, I, I do my fair, I dig my fair trench for, uh, 
the support of cannabis, right? I'll uh, hope that uh, you'll agree with me there. And uh, he agreed to take my case on pro bono, bless his heart. And uh, I went in and met with him, and he gave me some great advice. And we looked very closely at the company's drug and alcohol policy. And every time in the policy where it mentioned drug, it also mentioned alcohol. And we said, well, you know, that's interesting because they were driving around the, the golf course with a shot cart, cart pouring uh, Dixie cups of Yukon Jack and Cuervo Gold for the uh, assembled golfers. And alcohol, uh, I mean, anyone who's been golfing knows that that's uh, on any of those fancy courses. The fancier the courses, the more the liquor flows, right? And uh, this was on some, you know, whatever, uh, private club bullshit. And, uh, and it's like, hmm. And then we looked and said, anyone who'd been, uh, that policy applied to anyone who had access to secretive, er like sensitive areas. We said, well, you know, you've taken away all my responsibilities and all my special access cards and all my real dealings. So, no, not really. I don't really have access to fucking anything. Hmm, okay. And I said, you know what, this is, uh, this is bullshit, right? So, with a little bit of sensitive reconnaissance, um, I found out that, uh, that the uh, regional vice president guy, the harsh enemy in this case, was heading out on vacation. So, uh, we timed it right around his vacation that um, while he was gone, I was sussing out everything with the lawyers, and just as he arrived back in town, um, I'd mailed a letter saying that I refuse to take the test and uh, you'll be hearing from my attorney and I think this is um, a fishing expedition. But really I knew that as soon as I capitulated to a test and all my colleagues that had come over in the merger, including our employees, you know, that weren't involved in the decision would be subject to testing and rooted out of the company and embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. And I just didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to be the, the weak link that weak link that let the team down then the next day the lawyer's letter arrived saying i'm fancy lawyer um i'm representing dave olson i understand you have a concern with mr olson and this accusation <sighs> um we've reviewed the policy feels that it does not apply follow up with me if you want you suck signed awesome lawyer dude all right so just as those letters arrived uh, during that time, and I also said, you know what? I'm a hardworking dude, you know? And I'm not supposed to be a hardworking dude. Like, I'm a fucking free room and free traveling poet. What is up with me being changed to, chained to the computer? I also had a broken wrist and an arm in the cast from a hockey injury. And it's a little battered and bruised. You know, I'm always banging myself up. Yeah, yeah, nothing new, right? So uh, I'd been spinning the globe trying to figure out where to go, and it was right around Christmas time, right? So everyone's really harsh, expensive, and like I said, I don't rock like, you know, the five figures in the bank account or anything, you know, like uh, since we're being honest here. And, uh, you know, I needed some sort of thrifty to go, and, and uh, I came up with Belize. And I was like, uh, you know what, that might just suit me fine. It's kind of a mix because I like... Uh, you know, a little mix of the Caribbean and a little Latin American culture. There's a variety of ecosystems there. Mm, this might do just fine. So I found a flight down there and went with no preconceived notions and split out just the day that the uh, 
me and the, the dude was uh, arriving back at the office to receive the letters, saying that I'm not going to take the test. Seems like Uncle Weed's found himself in quite a jam. Now, I don't know if I'm really prepared to tell you about what Belize was like. Hmm. Hmm. Usually when I go traveling somewhere, I'm kind of a rambling kind of person, right? I like to mix it up, see who's on the go, follow a train and parade at a circus somewhere from time to time, hooking up with different festivals or meeting friends here, traveling a bit with them there. I knew I needed something a little bit more down-key. I arrived into Belize Airport, into Belize City, and I looked at the map and sort of saw what, where some of the flights were going to the outer islands. And this is something I learned in Palau, just like find the most remote island and then go there and see how to get back, you know? And it's bound to be some kind of adventure. And you're bound to see some sort of remote place, which is kind of like uh, what I like. And I saw a flight going to Key Cocker. They spelled Key C A Y E, like Quay, K. Um, but anyway, I'm just gonna say Key, like the locals say, right? And hmm. Uh, so well, that seems to be going soon. As an outer island, I can use it as a hopping off point. And so I hopped in this plane. It's like a little 16 passenger plane hopping out to this island. And I meet a young lady who's going off to this island who is going to, she's from, lives in Ohio, goes to college there, and she's going to visit her dad on this island. And, she, and he rents a cabin at this funky little set of shacks. And I said, oh, will you lead me there? So I land on this island that's maybe two miles by half a mile. And there's a little airstrip, and we land, and we walk in. It's all dark, and uh, we walk through all this musty uh, dirt roads and... You know, it's all dirt roads and little shacks. And there'd been a hurricane there a couple months ago, so they're still, like, rebuilding. And everything was a little bit beat up, right? But I was like, wow, this feels pretty good, man. This is kind of like how I like it. I see, like, some little roads with some Christmas lights out, which usually says, this is a bar. You should come on in and hang out. I see, uh, you know, people enjoying life out there. I see a pier, and I see a few boats. And I know there's a reef out there. So this is looking pretty good. So I get there, and the guy's not a. The, there's a guy, Ruben, running the uh, this guest house, Ignatio's guest house, and uh, he's running this uh, thing. and And I get a cabin for the night. He said, "Well, you know, it's ten bucks for the ones on the water, and they have heated water, like that. They face on, right on the water, and they have hot water in them. Or else the second row, row back, is eight bucks, and but there's no hot water, which is great because being second row back." you're getting a lot of the wind block because anyone who's lived on the ocean knows that at night the wind howls in from the ocean, right? It gets to be kind of a drag really when it, you're trying to sleep. Sure, it's nice during the day, but anyway. Get this, get this little purple cabin. I go in there and this little bed and a little bathroom, a few pegs on the wall and a lock on the door. And I was like, it's up on stilts. And I'm like, oh, see it on the porch. This might do me just fine. So I sack out and the next day I sit down on the porch and and start into a big hardbound, hardback copy of War and Peace, the classic by Tolstoy, Leo Tolstoy, and uh, sit on that porch and, and just read for a couple hours. I go into town, I get a lobster omelet and a big smoothie and a coffee, and everything's all tasty and nice. It's little outdoor cafes, but it's like super, you know, old-timey. There's tourists coming in and out, but they're heading out on a 
day trip or heading out to Mayan ruins or something. So you can see the local economy has something going. I'm like, oh, this suits me just fine. Uh, of course, within 12 hours, I had found a good variety of weed. I had a couple different kinds, and and uh, I'd hooked up uh, with all sorts of local folks and got shown around and taken care of around island. Tried out all the different restaurants, having lobster burritos, and I'm living cheap, and it's not totally thrifty, right? Like, uh, the, you know, it's kind of a shacky cabin I was staying in, but you drink the Bellican beers for two Belize bucks, which is like a dollar a piece, but I figured, you know, I'm going back to no job, right? So I'm trying to save some money. I didn't go out, you know, I had my arm in a soft cast still, and I went on one little snorkeling trip and went down and saw some uh, sand sharks and collected some conch shells and we some conch, and we made a conch ceviche out in the boat, on the rice and beans boat, and, you know, it just ate good and chilled out and met people from around the world, just the kind of trip I needed, right? And I needed that kind of trip because I figured I was coming back to no job. I would be fired and it would be all this chaos. And because I had shares in the company and all these, you know, pending shares based on performance, it's going to be this big, like in hullabaloo. And how was I going to move on and blah, blah, blah. Because the 2000 is, you know, this 2001, the last time the economy collapsed besides this one or whatever, right? I don't really keep score. But, uh, so I finally, you know, when I checked into the room, I told Ruben that or the next day I said, okay, cool, man. I'm just going to stay here on island and keep my room. I'm going to pay you ahead for the next, you know, nine days. But you have to tell me, circle in your calendar when I have to leave, and you have to tell me and all that. But me and Ruben, we ended up hanging out a lot. Everyone on island, this island is rad, right? Because there's only one truck on island and that people can share for when they have to move some big shit or whatever right or haul some stuff but aside from that everyone drives golf carts which is sweet right and people you know you know stoke their golf carts out a little bit and have some little decor and they just cruise all over all over this little island on these dirt roads man it's great tell you what man it's all nice and peaceful and all you're hearing is the wind and smelling the fish oh, love it love it all these places I go, I always think I'm going to go back before you know it, but, you know, life's crazy that way, isn't it? But anyway, so I finally left Deer Keycocker and did a little bit of exploring around Belize, and I won't get into that all now, and met all kinds of characters and all sorts of unique bars. I remember the place where you sit in hammocks in the bars and these swinging seats. Oh, that place was nice, man. And almost getting shook down by the cops there as we were smoking a joint upstairs. But the cops are just looking for, for payola. But we I'd been talking to these guys and having such a positive conversation. that The cops decided to just, just let us be, man. That's what they told the bartender downstairs. I don't know what to make of that. But anyway, flying back. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Now i got to go find some job and do something and find some scam to make some bread, right? And deal with whatever, right? This consensus reality that we live in where we all make little paper credits and exchange them for sustenance and all that right um and i made a call from the dallas airport hey dear brother can you come pick an old hippie up man from the airport i'm coming in from dallas and he was like dude man did 
there's some crazy news. I'm like, man, don't tell me any work stuff. It's still the weekend. I don't want to like hear any of that stuff. He's like, no, they've given up, man. They've spent the whole time you're gone figuring out a strategy and bitching and crabbing and calling everyone and trying to get everyone to think you out and and all this. And they've decided to take a, like they've decided to like bag it, man, you know? So I got back and there was a summons for me to come in on a meeting and they said, well, we've, uh, same, the guy flown up from California and the vice president and they're like, well, we've decided to take a coaching strategy rather than a punitive strategy. And, uh, because of that, we'd like to offer you rehabilitation and counseling. And, uh, but we'd like to say that because you took the form, that's going to go down on your, uh, permanent record as reason of suspicion I said okay right on and that's uh, kind of how it all wrapped up there that's uh, what you can get from resisting uh, the test the next time I'll get in this topic and we'll talk a little bit more about really what your strategies are. Should you try to cheat the tests? Should you just be selective when you smoke? Should you try and use devices that mask it? Should you just find a job that allows you to smoke? Should you just tell your employer to fuck it? Should you work as a contractor? Well, I, re I wrote a report about all this stuff, so I'll try and dig into that at some future episode. But suffice it to say... Now you know a little bit more about me. We know each other a wee bit better, wouldn't you say? So there you go. Um, if you dream of Belize and you have an opportunity to go there, you should totally go check it out, man. But I say that about just about everywhere, wouldn't you say? Wander on over to chugalon.com. It's ideal for ramblers. And keep the nice messages and nice treats coming.